Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League Show Season 2, Episode 19. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, our panel is increasing. We welcome two new panelists to the show. Let's start with Jordan Parsonage. Uh, Jordy, welcome to Mojo Sports. We've had this uh, we've had this secretly planned for a little while now. So, uh, look, it's great to get you on the show. And, uh, yeah, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself because um, you definitely fit into the family here. You're a bit of a rugby league tragic. I am indeed at the moment, not on the field, but coaching with the Tasha Gale girls at North Sydney Bears. So really happy to be joining you guys and see what's ahead for the rest of this. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be doing plenty of plugs there for a great club there in the North Sydney <laughs> Bears. And uh, you got a bit of a flavour tonight, um, so stay tuned for that. And our second panellist uh, welcoming to the show is Sienna Williams. Sienna, welcome. Um, look, it's uh, it's great to have you on board. Again, we talk about rugby league tragics. You're out there. You play a fair bit of football yourself. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your background as well. Yeah, I definitely joined that rugby league tragic club, that's for sure. Um, at the moment, I'm just fresh out of high school playing in the Tasha Gale Cup, so it's pretty cool to be with Tasha Gale herself here tonight. So that's awesome. Um, again, I'm from the North Sydney Bears, and I'm lucky enough to be coached by Geordie. So it's great to be here. Great to be on board. Yeah, I love that. I love that sort of player-coach dynamic as well. We'll definitely have a little bit of fun uh, throughout the season here on the Women in League Show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, no Mon tonight. Uh, she's out competing in the country championships, giving her best effort. So, uh, yeah, very talented player in her own right. So, yeah, next week I'm sure we'll have the full panel here. But Tash, wow, we, we've, we've almost done it, my friend. We There was such a huge build-up to the NRLW competition. We spoke about it for so long and... You know, I just, uh, you know, we, we're getting to the, we're getting to the very end of it now, and um, yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? It just uh, it goes so quickly. Big GF, mate, can't wait. Yeah, it's it's absolutely flown by. Plenty of great football, and uh, you know, one of the good things is, is there's plenty more rugby league ahead. So obviously, we've got a few more important games coming up, and uh, the calendar is absolutely jam packed. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, All Ball. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? If I can influence people positively, then yeah, my work here is done. Yeah, and this is one of our most, well, this is the favourite part of our week, our All Ball Player in Focus segment. And tonight we welcome a very, very special guest to the show, Kira Dib. Kira, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. As I always say, let's dive straight into it because there is no time to waste. Uh, I have an incredible story that we definitely want to uh, find out more about and share with our listeners. Kira, um, let's take it all the way back to the very start. Um, you know, we do have a lot of younger listeners who, you know, they're still sort of finding their way into the game of rugby league and there's a lot of different pathways out there. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story and sort of your early um, sporting memories. Yeah, so I, I started playing rugby league as soon as I physically could. So I was like five. Um, my family was very involved in my local club. So I started in the under sixes for the King Cumber Colts on the Central Coast and, you know, played played until the under 10s and then obviously the pathway for, for women stopped. So played every other sport I could imagine, played touch, tag, soccer, 
ultimate frisbee, some random ones in there. Um, just to stay involved. I love a team environment and, you know, I'm a little bit of a competitive human. So I had to, had to stay involved as best I could uh, and got back into the rugby league space in 2019 to, to have a crack at the big leagues. Now, Kira, I guess, you know, when, when you're talking to players, there's always, um, especially when there is a little bit of a break, and obviously yours was forced, um, you know, due to the pathways. But, um, yeah, tell us about, I guess, how you found your way back into rugby league. Is there a little bit of a story there? Because, you know, if you reflect on some of these moments, and sometimes it's just a conversation or, you know, should I, shouldn't I? But, uh, yeah, take us back to 2019 and your decision to, um, yeah, get, get back into rugby league. I'd say I'd go back before that and I'd say rugby league never left. Um, so I, you know, had to, I had to stop. Um, but my brother and I coached an under eights team a few years later and I played league tag just so that I could like stay involved in the same format, but obviously there was no contact for us. And then there was a couple of random content, like league competitions on the central coast that made no sense. You didn't have to go to training, but you just kind of went and played. So um, every time something like that happened, I made sure that I was one of the first names on that list so that I could stay, stay playing as best I could. Uh, And then I got involved in the nines competition in like 2017, like the country kind of format. um, Cause I was like, I'm going to get back into it. Uh, And then I decided to go overseas before I, before I committed fully. Um, And then, yeah, there was no, there was no hesitation when I got back to just get involved wherever I could. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have a few, well, we're very dominate, dominated here at Mojo by at the North Sydney uh, connection, I would say, here at Mojo Sports. But I guess the question that I'm sure Sienna and, and Geordie are probably burning to ask is, yeah, talk to us a little bit about this uh, this club of yours, the North Sydney Bears, and, you know, some of your, again, those those early years, those early moments as you sort of um, yeah, find your way at that club. Tell us a little bit about um, North Sydney football. Yeah, so I just kind of rocked up to a training session one time. <laughs> um, like I'd been in contact with the club because I was trying to find something that was kind of between um, university, which was in Sydney, and my home on the Central Coast. And North Sydney just seemed to be be a good fit. So, yeah, I just kind of went to a training session and kind of hoped for the best. So, um, you know, was very fortunate that that club gave me an opportunity and you can see their investment in the women's program and how much that is expanding through the Tasha Gale and, you know, through their commitment to us as the Harvey Norman women's team. So that club holds a very special place in my heart and they've, they've given us a real shot and we're very excited to take the field this year. And Kara, we're about to talk about, you know, um, you know, what was a very jam-packed period for you in terms of what came next. There were a few exciting opportunities for you and, and, and teams that you're, teams you're able to play for and, and uh, I guess, you know, some of your, your represent, representative football as well. But I guess talk to us a little bit about how that kind of felt, that period. Was it Did it all happen very quick for you or, you know, based on, you know, what you were saying earlier, this was a, you know, rugby league never left. This is something you were sort of building to even though you weren't necessarily on the field for those early years. So, yeah, tell us about how, how that period kind of felt because I guess it would have been a little bit of a whirlwind for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say yes and no again. Um, I've trained my whole life to play at the top level, um, whether that was in Oztag, in touch football, uh, in anything that I was competing in. I really wanted to be at that level. Um, But rugby league, as I said, was always my number one sport. So I'm going to say, yeah, it was a whirlwind in terms of I set myself, you know, a four-year goal originally to make the Gillaroos. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to do that in 
in that 2019 period. So that was that, that in that terms, like that was a whirlwind. Um, but it, yeah, felt, felt a little bit of both. I definitely didn't expect for it to all kind of kick off that quickly. Um, but I knew that when it was my opportunity to put that Jersey on that I'd, I'd trained my whole life for that moment. So it was a bit of both. Yeah, Kira, and I, I remember um, back in 2019, like you burst onto the onto the scene. You had obvious great control um, of your pack and everything working in the halves. Your your kicking is phenomenal. The your short kick and the long kick is outstanding. And what else you've got is incredible is your ability to convert. Now. You, you might be, I know, with the NRLW at the moment, those two points are so very, very important. Now, I know you've got a love for the Central Coast, but the Dragons were desperately needing last week someone to be able to kick. They've um, In the semifinal, they kept Rachel Pearson on the field just for her kicking. Now, I know that they were hunting you and after you. So tell me about the decision that, that led to playing for the Knights. So last year's kind of that NRL um, decision period was actually really challenging for me. Um, everything that was happening with COVID and like I, I work full time with, uh, so I'm an exercise physiologist. I work with a whole range of chronic conditions. Um, so a lot of my clients have, you know, quite significant ailments um, is probably the easiest way to say it. And my biggest concern was leaving them very quickly. So when I was discussing with the clubs, it was, yeah, there was sometimes a bit of a disconnect on that because of how important my job was for me. Um, And then when it came to going to the Knights, there is that local affiliation, you know, growing up on the coast. Um, But at the same time, they were the, you know, kind of the the club that offered me an opportunity that I wanted to take. Um, So that it kind of all revolved, obviously, around my love for football and for the club itself. But um, my job, my job definitely had a big part to play in that. Now, obviously, Tash is trying to stir me up a little bit here, Kira, because I could talk to you about your Newcastle Knights career for the rest of the episode. I'm, I'm a massive Newcastle Knights fan. I think I can see the membership there behind me there for our uh, those that are following us on on our, on our video feed there. But um, yeah, Kira, um, yeah, we definitely want to want to dive into that Newcastle um, stint because um, there's so much history there, and uh, you know what what's been built there. I think is going to be very very special for the local area for a very very long time. So I can't wait to dive into that as well. Um, but Kerry, again, just um, talk to us a little bit about uh, 2019 quickly, um, trying to get a bit of a sense of how this all happened so quickly for you. So, you know, just these representative teams, how they were selected, your opportunities and, and kind of reflecting on those moments because that was a jam-packed year for you. And, you know, you really, um, yeah, I, I guess you really establish, establish yourself in, in the game of rugby league. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I originally got ID'd from that uh, Nines competition that I mentioned um, in 2017. And I didn't realize, I didn't know that until I got to 2019 and they were like, oh, we saw your name pop back up, which was, which was cool. Like it's, it's always nice, especially in those early phases to be recognized like that. Um, so I played originally in the country championships, like um, was it Mon that was oh, yeah. able to come in? Yeah. So I played in that competition for the Central Coast Roosters. Um, and that had some NRL uh, IDs. The Gillaroos, um program was also watching that competition. 
and then they watched the Harvey Norman as well. So those two competitions kind of got me my start in the New South Wales country team. Uh, I remember going to the New South Wales country camp and was like, like, oh, I'll get the number like 24 bag. Like I was like, oh, it's probably one of the last ones picked. Um, and I was just so pumped because there was people like Kezi Apps and Ruan Sims and these big names. And I got there and they were like, oh, Kira Div, you're the number six. And I was like, oh, that's a starting jersey. Um, so that I remember that was crazy. And the first time that Ruan Sims spoke to me directly was we went out on the fields and like ready to run some drills. And she kind of looked at me and was like, oh, no, the second row stand over there. And I was like, oh. I know I'm really tall, but I'm actually a half. <laughs> I was like, I know what I look at, but um, yeah, I'm a half. Um, and then that competition was where the origin was selected. So that city country game when we versed city in the final, they pumped us. It, that game hurt. It still hurts. And it was like so many years ago. But uh, yeah, a couple of weeks after that, I got a call from Andy Patmore, who was the origin coach at the time. And I'd made the emerging squad. So I remember going to that origin camp too, um, like a few months prior. And once again, watching all the big dogs come in and they they did the meeting before us and we sat behind them and then they all left to go onto the field. And I was like, (laughs) look at them. Um, And then, yeah, I got a call two weeks later and I was driving on the freeway and it was over my Bluetooth. I couldn't really hear it. And, yeah, Andy Patmore essentially was like, how would you like the uh, number six jersey? And I tried to play it cool and had to pull over because I couldn't play it cool anymore. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, from there, it kind of the next bit went pretty quick because we went from origin briefly back to club, but then straight into a Roosters preseason. And the Roosters gave me my debut in the NRLW. Uh, And then from that, it went the Prime Minister's 13 got picked. And I was, I was so pumped I got to go to Fiji. I was like, oh, so cool to be in this program too because um, I'd been called into the Jillaroo squad after Origin. So that was another cool. I was, once again, looking at all the big kids like, woohoo. Um, Ali Brigitte, I mentioned it a few times, but she was my most notable walk-in. I was like, you, you're a big dog. <laughs> um, so, yeah, making that Prime Minister's 13, I was like, oh, cool, this is this has gone way faster than I thought. Uh, I just like my eyes were on world cup. So that was a bit short of my original plan, but I was like, Oh, maybe. And then the day that we went into prime ministers. So we were sitting in Brisbane waiting to fly and the team got announced on social media. And because I was with the coaches, like the whole Jillaroo stuff was at uh, our prime ministers thing. They just didn't tell me. <laughs> That's brutal. So one of the girls in my team was like, oh, congratulations. And I was like, oh, for what? Like, what do you mean? Um, and then I saw the team list and just had to take myself outside for a moment. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing. The, the pathway in that top level of women's footy at the moment is incredibly strong. Like everyone is watching at all times. And because there's so much vision now, whether it's on live stream or on TV, um, it's always accessible, which is something I hadn't been familiar with. So that's one of the cool things to, to look back and know that I didn't have the junior pathway. But now seeing that that's getting live streamed and scouts are going to that and you can see that really strong flow into the pathways, it's, it's really incredible. But I was, I was really fortunate to, 
you know, could be right place, right time. I, I don't know, but it was it was a bit of a whirlwind when I described it like that, actually. Kira, it's like you've, you've ticked off all the boxes, but you talk about the pathways and you mentioned a few big dogs, uh, Ali Brigginshaw. Um, as a spectator, I can't see anybody comfortable in maintaining their position with all the competition that's coming through. So I know you've got eyes on the on the World Cup. I'm sure everybody does. But the, tell me about the young ones coming through. The young ones coming through is one of the most exciting things to see. So I've I said in an interview before, actually, the um, obviously my NRLW signing this year was quite late. And it was a bit of a, you know, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow that I almost missed. But at the same time, it is such a cool thing to be a part of that there are so many people wanting to play this game and there are young kids just competing. They don't look young when they're on the stage. So it's, you know, it's nice to know that people always want your spot, but at the same time, like I, I always want that spot above me too. So, so knowing that the talent coming through is so strong is yeah. Once again, if you're on the bad side of it, it still kind of sucks, but it's like, it's exciting still like that in that part inside me is like, wow, women's footy is that competitive now. Yeah. Like, Kira, that, I think that's, 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 that is what makes you the athlete that you are is it's not always cruisy. And we've seen somebody like Shaley Bent was overlooked for state of origin as well. And that's going to happen time and time again. But the fact, and I've spoken spoken to you several times throughout the year, the fact that you reached the pinnacle, then were overlooked for some things, but still went out there and showed and made people see the talent that you are is, you know, hats off to you and full respect. And that that's the true athletes. They're the ones that are going to be around for a long time. Um, but I've got another question for you because there's another box that you've ticked that we haven't really mentioned, and that is at the start of this year you played in the All-Stars. Um, you played brilliantly, but I believe that's, that's even another special experience that is totally separate to all the other things that you've done. So can you tell me a little bit about that experience? Absolutely. I thought you were never going to ask. <laughs> um, All-Stars was one of the most pivotal experiences I think I've had. Um, because it was so much more than rugby league. You know, the, the reason that um, I chose to go into that program this year opposed to other years is because I felt like I was ready on a more personal level and a more personal level with my family as well to, to kind of step into that space to learn more than we were able to by ourselves. And obviously COVID um, played games with that in terms of there was a lot less interaction with the men's, a lot less interaction with community, um, but that allowed us to have a much more cultural focus in camp, which for me I think was very fitting and I know for a lot of the other girls it was too. Um, but, yeah, I just it, – it, it leaves me speechless a little bit because that, that experience just – it opened my eyes to a lot of things – and it opened pathways for me and for my family. And already, like, All Stars was only a few months ago and we went through an NRL season. I've already had the opportunity to go meet an elder, to go on country, um, to visit sites that I wasn't able to do before because I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any links. I didn't have any, you know, we were, we were planning to go out and we kept getting shut down because all the meetings weren't happening because of COVID. So um, that whole experience was 
was a blessing. And walking onto that field, like I've been very fortunate to be in a few good atmospheres, but walking onto that field that day is something that I don't think I'll be, ever be able to explain. Well, it sounds like you're certainly going to stick with it and um, you are going to trial. I'm a proud Wiradjuri woman, so I couldn't be happier to have you out there representing uh, the Indigenous All-Stars. So it sounds like you're back next year because as a spectator, and Dan has said it, um, and I'm, I'm sure everybody noticed, what a way to kick off the season. Like everybody just sat back and said, there's been so many months without women's rugby league. Are we losing this momentum? But hell no. You girls hit the paddock and you hit each other hard and you got back up and then you showed skill and finesse. And I just thought, 2022, what a great year it's going to be. Oh, absolutely. That game, like it was our first game, like you said, in like eight months, nine months or something. So to have that atmosphere, to be surrounded by girls at the top of their game and to put it on that kind of stage, like it it was one of my favourite games. And my goodness, do the Maldives hit hard. Like I, I wouldn't recommend at the same time as I totally would because that experience was so cool. Yeah, usually, yeah. Kerry, usually you get like a couple of like, um, you know, a couple of trial games, you know, light and easy and then, yeah, tell that to the forwards in those first couple of minutes. I mean, I, it, my job was easy. I was in the stands with a beer in hand, and I was still intimidated by a lot of the carries that the middles were, were, were throwing at you guys. So, no, incredible, incredible experience. And, Kira, I, I guess, you know, that, that's kind of been your career so far. You know, you've, you've done so much, um, you know, obviously breaking in um, and, and, you know, being part of the NRLW, you know, during those early days with the Roosters, historic, um, spoken about origin and then representing your country. I mean... It's just, it, it's truly incredible. You know, thinking about some of that rep football again, state of origin, you know, that, that, that Australian space, did you ever, like at what moment did you sort of feel comfortable? Like this is, okay, I'm here and, and this is something that I could really look towards, um, you know, doing, doing absolutely full time. Oh, I could like rugby league. If I could do rugby league full time tomorrow, I absolutely would. There would be, there would be zero hesitation. Um, but in terms of going through those experiences and feeling, feeling a degree of comfort, I would say the only moment that I felt that was in, in all three, the, in origin, in Aussies and in all stars was when we win, you get that moment, you're holding the trophy, you're cheering with your whole team because like Tash was talking about before, like there's always someone that wants that to take that Jersey off you. So there's that degree of comfort, but there's not a single moment that you want to settle in it because someone will take it away from you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's the, the perfect response. And I think we can uh, definitely attest to those performances because, you know, everyone in the 17 contributes, I understand that, but you played a very, very pivotal, difficult role uh, there right in the mix of it and uh, played outstanding. And, uh, you know, you, you obviously... Um, you know, you, you created so many fans, you know, during those early years. And, and, and let's fast forward um, a little bit there because, um, yeah, I, I guess the experiences continue. Um, tell us a little bit about 2020 and, you know, obviously global global pandemics and things would come with COVID and all of those challenges. But, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, the New Zealand Warriors. <laughs> I love talking about playing for the Warriors. That So I originally was planning to, like I did some rehab stuff because I'd, I'd hurt my ankle at the end of the Bears season um, and went into a season with the Roosters. And during that time period, the Warriors just needed help. A bunch of their girls weren't coming over. 
Um, they couldn't because of, you know, so many, so many circumstances. Um, so I got a call from Brad Donald to, you know, be like, hey, you want to you help us out? I actually got a call from Karina Brown like months before. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, they, they won't need us. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play for the Roosters. It's all good. And then when it got closer, I was like, oh, no, this could be a real opportunity here. Um, you know, some some girls that wouldn't have gotten an opportunity before from both New South Wales and Queensland would get that opportunity. And that was my early, early thinking. But um, when I got into camp, once again, it was so much more than that. The, the cultural focus for everyone's culture, not just like Māori itself, was, was incredible. And honestly, I think it brought us as a team so much closer together. If you doubled that season, I, I almost I would have banked us in the grand final. Like the way that we built over that season was incredible, and the friendships that I've maintained from that team, like it, it was an experience that I don't think any of us are going to experience again. Like we, the majority of us got some form of tattoo for it. Like it was, like it, it's always going to hold a very special place in my heart. That jersey means the world to me. Um, helping that club out was was an incredible experience, but I think that they helped us in a whole different way. Once again, things that are so much bigger than rugby league. Hey, Kira, come on. Our listeners want to know what form of tattoo and where? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, they're all very PG. (laughs) Um, I have Wahini Toa uh, tattooed on the back of my arm and it is Māori for either strong woman or brave woman. Um, And the... Uh, the New Zealand Warriors fan base would call us their Wahini Toa. So every time we debuted, they'd be like, Wahini Toa number, um, because it's like a female warrior. So um, a lot of the girls got got that tattooed on them. It's uh, it's incredible. And you talk about, you know, it being bigger than the game, and it definitely is, you know, having, in, having a presence there, a team, you know, that represents New Zealand and that culture and, um, it, it, it's just a big part of rugby league. It's a big part of, of who we are and what we're about as a, as a sport, as a code. And um, yeah, I, I think we're all very much looking forward to New Zealand. I guess again, being represented in the NRLW, obviously with expansion happening, I'm, I'm sure that will definitely happen. And um, you know, to think that you're a big part of you know the history of the club as it, as it continues to start out, it's um, yeah, that, that, that's really incredible. All right, Kara. Well, let's move through now to. Um, yeah, our local our local area to the Newcastle Knights. Natasha touched on it, but um, yeah, I mean we were we were minding our own business here in Mojo, and we've been we were watching you very very closely. And you spoke about being that you know a bit of a late call up, but I mean we were grinning ear to ear. We I just you know as a Newcastle Knights fan, I couldn't believe how lucky we were to see your announcement to be uh, to be selected for the Newcastle Knights. I thought, what have we done to be this disfortunate? So tell us a little bit more about, um, obviously, the season that you've just had with the Newcastle Knights. Um, again, there's plenty to talk about from a football side, but also bigger than the sport. You know, you, you've basically pioneered women's rugby league in the Newcastle and the Hunter area. You know, the, the impact that that's going to have over the next 10 or 20 years. Anyway, Kira, I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Talk to us a little bit about it because it's pretty special. Yeah, playing for the Knights was was a really really cool experience, and you know, um, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, it's not the only time that I get to represent them. But it was nice to know that, you know, I obviously was one of the first to put on an NRLW jersey for that club in their first ever team. But Newcastle, as a as a region, has been one of the front runners for women's rugby league for so many years. Um, they've been 
they've been involved for so long. They had a Harvey Norman team that ended up becoming the Central Coast Roosters and all their girls had to move. So it was just nice to be able to honour the girls that have played in that region before us to actually put the jersey on. So it it sounds like we were the first to put it on and, yeah, we'll be fortunate to have our names up and all the fancy stuff that comes with it. But, you know, there were so many more women that represented that jersey before I got the opportunity to. So it was it was really nice to be able to honour that and I thought we had a really solid crack at it throughout the season. Obviously our results didn't go the way that we wanted to, but, you know, four out of our five games with 10 minutes to go, we could have won. Like it's the inexperience that we had within our team. And obviously we had, you know, most of our team was either from North Queensland or from New Zealand. So it was a throw together team that hadn't had heaps of experience together. And we had a lot of movement due to injury, due to COVID and all those things. Um, but I really think that we, we had a good crack at it. I, w- I was proud of our efforts and I think we've really got something strong to build on for the future. Yeah, Kira, that's quite obvious that you you do have a great foundation. And I was lucky enough to be up there and and feel the culture and feel the support that they have, especially, uh, uh, you know, for the women um, in our great game, um, the Centre of Excellence coming up. But um, just to put Dan's mind at rest, he's he, he won't ask you outright, um, but he just wants to make sure that, you know, if you have the opportunity, uh, you'll be happy to play for the Knights again. But can you tell us a little bit about the, that process? Because I'm sure the listeners don't know when negotiations are allowed. You know, there's another season coming up in uh, August. So can you tell us a little bit about that and try and reassure Dan a little? Look, I, it, it would be an honour to to play at that club again. I, I really enjoyed it. I uh, I like the jersey. <laughs> I like the region. I like the fans. Like the the whole experience was really positive for me. Um, so the way that the NRL signings are happening for next season, uh, they actually started. They were technically allowed to start negotiations on Wednesday last week, I believe, somewhere somewhere around there. Um, but because of all the changes that they're doing in terms of the salary cap, the jobs. Um, and all their alterations in that regard. A lot of the clubs are having meetings primarily, so they may have singled out a couple of players, um, but I've, I've heard of very few because the clubs are trying to sit down and be like, all right, like, what are we going to do with this now? It's not as straightforward as it used to be um, because we had, you know, tiered, tiered signings and a minimum and a maximum, and now they've kind of just been given a salary cap. So I think they're sitting down and hashing that out at the moment. Um, they're obviously got to leave a little bit of room for the NRL season just gone and the Harvey Norman season coming through because there are going to be people who are going to shine in that. So the teams aren't going to, they're not going to sign every, every contract yet. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how it changes, but on technicalities, they are allowed to start negotiating now. Yeah, no, it's uh, look, it's going to be exciting for us to keep an eye on that. And uh, let's just say world-class playmakers and halves, they're, they're very, very hard to find, Kira. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of uh, plenty of teams that are going to be interested in your services. And uh, here at Mojo, we'll be supporting you, whatever jersey you put on. But hey, if it was the Newcastle Knights jersey, <laughs> I, would not, uh, I would not be complaining. Um, Kira, you've been through a lot. You've done a lot of things in your career so far. Um, you're still very, very young, um, you know, plenty of football ahead. But do you have any advice for any of our younger you know uh, listeners who yeah as you mentioned you know the pathways are there now we're starting to see these girls who are sort of um, playing from a very very young age and they're really looking up to yourself and others in 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 sort of you know some of these elite competitions have you got any advice for some of our listeners out there that are you know trying to make their way in the game 
Yeah, I think I think something super important that I've learned in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months is that during your career, not everyone is going to back you, but you've really got to back yourself. But while you're doing that, you know, stay true to yourself, connect with your friends, put your head down and work harder than anybody else on that field because it's not about what you say. It's not about, you know, who you're friends with. It's not about any of that. You've got to put your head down, work hard for that jersey and earn that position because, you know, everyone's going to want to take it from you, but you've got to want it more. No, I think that's uh, that's well said, and there's plenty of people that are writing that down. And, uh, no, Kira, we really do appreciate you coming on uh, Mojo and sharing your story. We'll definitely get you back on the show plenty more times uh, in the future, I'm sure. Uh, but you haven't gotten away with it that easily. We're going to uh, carry you forward through to Rapid Fire because we've got a bit of a question there that we'll throw out to the panel. So stick with us as we jump into our final uh, segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, guys. The question we have in rapid fire is, wow, what about that? Semi-final football. Uh, definitely some interesting results there. But who was the most impressive player for you? Uh, let's go with Sienna. Yeah, um, that was a hard one. Obviously, there was a lot of talent out there in those semis today. I think Keely Joseph for the um, Roosters played really hard. She was only out there for 47, wasn't out there for the full 60, um, but she had over 100 running metres, 52 post contact. Um, I think she had 100% tackle efficiency, so it doesn't get better than that. She really led from the front and played with a lot of heart out there and Obviously, it paid off with the Roosters coming away with the win. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I'm sure Geordie can probably agree with this, but there's always a sweet science in terms of those those couple of plays you hide on your bench. You know that they're an impact player. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Tiana. She was incredible, and she's been so damaging off the bench. I just wonder... Yeah, how much longer before she gets that starting spot? And uh, it's going to be difficult to break in. There's absolute superstars in front of her, but she is, uh, yeah, a big, big future in our game, that's for sure. All right, Geordie, uh, talk to us about that weekend that was hard to pick just one player, but uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Most certainly. I've gone with another rooster too in Bridie Parker. I think Bridie was phenomenal in the air, her repeat efforts, and um, she really liked hit that nail in the coffin in the last dime minutes, that hard tackle in the corner, just the leg drive. It's so impressive from a smaller build on the field. She just, yeah, amazing. That's exactly right. And you, you feel like, you know, the Broncos were getting really desperate. They were putting through those cross field kicks and they were just hoping that they'd get a, they'd get an error or they'd just get something. And Bridie just was perfect. She just would not give them an inch. So, um, you know, some of those smaller things that get overlooked, but um, good pick up, Geordie. That was uh, an excellent performance by Bridie and um, done some special things in the competition, played a little bit of fullback as well at the start of the comp. So, um, so much talent. Tash, take it away. Yeah, look, I couldn't agree more with both Geordie and Sienna. And um, actually, Sienna, the way you, you described and quoted those stats, I think you're a player of the future and perhaps a commentator of the future, um, a la Kira Dib. But um, it was such a great weekend that I was able to, to pick even another player out. And it's, it's someone that I think hasn't really been highlighted a lot, and that's Racine McGregor. She has played some great footy. The way she steers her pack around the park, you know, she'll look short, to throw long like she's just got that vision and her kicking game is absolutely outstanding and she showed today um 
that she can also double dummy. She doubled left, she doubled right, and then she split them. So Racy McGregor for me. Yeah, very talented player. And you talk about some of the improved footage that we're getting, uh, you know, with a lot of the games, and you could see a few of the times she was marshalling the troops, um, you know, away from play as well. She's got a decent spray in her as well. I thought that was really impressive. She was very, very clear about what she wanted in that game, and uh, everyone followed her, so incredible. Speaking of incredible, Tash touched on this earlier on in the episode, but my most impressive player was Steph Hancock. What is doing? 40 years of age and Steph Hancock, she's just not out there competing. She is one of the she's one of the elite players in the competition and she was an absolute star in the semifinals. Um, you just wonder, give her five more minutes and what are we talking about? Are the Gold Coast Titans in a grand final in their in their first year? I mean, she was just uh, someone that was on a mission and she was not going to be denied. And, um, you know, it's just a tape that a lot of younger players can go and watch because that's what leadership looks like. Sometimes it's hard to articulate Put on the uh, Steph Hancock tape, watch that, and uh, that was really, really special. And, you know, you you can't help but think that we're sort of getting towards the end of Steph's career and uh, just soaking it all in every moment. It's um, pretty special there from Steph. All right, Kira, you get the last say on this one. Plenty of great football's being played. Who's your standout? Absolutely. There was so much great footy. The games this season have been amazing. Also, quick shout, thanks, Tasha. Uh, Racine is also one of us, so up the North City Bears. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate that. Um, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Keely Davis. So I'm going to go from the other game as well. I think she really showed her experience and the way that she has built as a leader, not only as a player, um, especially with her type, like her ability to move between the halves and as hooker. Um, but today in particular, she got that try assist, that little sneaky kick for Tonegato and then got one for herself as well. And then, yeah, the, the captain's challenge to, to give them the ball back to try and maintain, keep it away from the Titans. So I think she really showed how much she's grown in the game as an individual and as a leader. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with Kills today. Yeah, no, it's a good call. I just feel like in those big moments you can play conservative. I mean, that's the easy way out. But, you know, in those big moments she, she certainly was able to sort of make that play and really lead from the front. And, you know, what it means is the team's now in the grand final and uh, that's a pretty special moment. So good call on that one. All right, guys. Well, look, that's all the time we have tonight, Kira. I just want to, again, thank you for joining Mojo Sports. Uh, It really was an honor to have you on the show. Really looking forward to the rest of the season. We're trying to do the best we can here to keep pace with all of the rugby league that's getting played. So um, we don't know how you guys do it. It's an incredible year um, from all of the athletes that are getting out out there and participating this year. But uh, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been great. And to my panel, uh, again, brilliant as always. Great debut uh, from Sienna and Geordie. Great to have you guys as part of the Women in League show. Uh, that's exactly right. Two episodes each and every week during NRLW season. Otherwise, one episode each and every week, 365 year round as we continue to promote uh, Women's Rugby League. So um, stay with us for our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.